0: Hello, uh, welcome to the TFO Football Podcast. Um, You'll be pleased to know that we've actually taken this in house now, and I've been stripped of all recording responsibilities uh, due to a few mishaps. Um, So we're here in the TFO office, and we're here with Nick Miller uh, to talk about freelancing. Nick works for ESPN, The Independent, Eurosport, The Guardian, 442, occasionally The Blizzards, used to be at Football 365. Um, Nick, did you, has it always been the idea, football journalism?
1: Not really, no. I mean, I, I, that the, the implication there is that I had some other great career plan that I, you know, you fell off into. <laughs> I, you know, fell into this through, But no, I, I kind of uh, I wanted to wanted to be a journalist ever since I discovered that that's how you get paid to watch football when okay. I was a small child, and then I did a week of work experience on a local paper and completely, when I was about sort of fifteen, sixteen. And completely lost interest in the idea of journalism because I didn't because the old traditional route of you do your you, know, you do your chops at a local rag and you do your door knocks and your court reports and everything like that and I found that so powerfully tedious that I didn't want any involvement in that at all. So you went out. So you're 15. So you kind of what did you
0: when you reacted to that? What did you aim towards afterwards? Was it kind of right? Well, this isn't for me. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and be a recruitment consultant.
1: I had absolutely no aim at all. From the age of about 15, 16 to probably 22, I had no real direction at all. Went to university, got a job after university, uh, hated that, went back to university, and then from that second course, I got uh, some more enjoyable work experience at Sporting Life, which Ah, uh, used to be a horse racing newspaper, now a general sports website. Um, Best Premier League
0: preview of the season each year, I'd say. Right, oh, there so far, you go. Yeah, yeah, still, still true.
1: Um, okay,
0: so there must be within this there must be a kind of a big break, a point where you presumably you've always enjoyed writing about football. There must be a moment when it became viable to do it as a living, or uh, for a living, even.
1: Yeah, I suppose the big break came was uh, I, I, I was employed by Sporting Life technically as a sub editor, and um, my desk was quite near the Football Three Six Five desk. um I was a bad sub editor, um, so when a job came up, uh, a guy called Adam Fraser moved to France. I happily jumped into his chair um, by virtue of being friends with the editor and uh, sitting quite close to them for about a year. Um, so I suppose that that was the that was the break, if you like. And uh, at that time, so we were, we're what, about ten years ago now, maybe this summer right, first. Uh, two thousand seven. Yeah, so so, the, so
0: twelve years ago. Jesus, twelve the years ago. Three six five alumni. Then would have been.
1: Uh, Sarah Winterburn, yeah. uh, was the editor then. Still is the editor now. She's been there sort of more or less since the start. So, um, in ninety eight, I think she she
0: joined. She has been there since dial up days, I think. She yeah, oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Now. She she was she was uh, would have been there since the days when they had David Icke as a columnist. <laughs> Actually, um,
0: you know what? Like that, that reminds me. There's um, you did some work for um for the set pieces. You did your um your Q and As with people in the industry. And you did one with Sarah where she talks about like Ike, because obviously Ike, Ike has you know um, uh, has football opinions and he's an ex player, so he knows his stuff. But there's some stories about like he put something about nine
1: eleven conspiracies. Or something. Oh yeah, I mean he <laughs> apparently he would like he of a month he would write three. Columns about football, and he'd obviously, being a former goalkeeper, he'd have yeah. some quite sort of smart thoughts about um, goalkeeping technique. He's, put, you know, the David Priest of his day, perhaps. Um, and he's gone;
0: he's off to Sweden now. So we, we, we won't yeah, he's.
1: That. And I think David's very much into the conspiracy theories, um, the royal family of lizards, that the kind lizard of thing. people stuff. Yeah. yeah, he does. You know what? Like, anytime
0: I talk to David, that's kind of what he. Uh, yeah, yeah, he just won't. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Won't stop talking about. Um, so yeah, every uh, three columns about like that, and then and then every one would be some kind of mad conspiracy nonsense. And the the crux came shortly after nine eleven when he wrote his article about how it was an all inside job, and you know, it was all that the Illuminati did this and all this kind of nonsense. And they they obviously said, yeah, I can't really publish this, Dave. And he 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 quit. would love to point. see that email exchange. Yeah, yeah. Did it did it have any?
0: Did you read the article itself when it
1: came? No, out? unfortunately, it's been lost to the kind of the through the internet. Um, which is a, is a real shame but okay, so you 're football three six five and i um
0: i football three six five is kind of it 's one of those places where it 's a great place to write because the audience is really harsh mm. it 's like one of the things that kind of i 've always found difficult about freelancing life is because you 're not you 're not attached to somewhere you don 't have i always imagine like staff writer roles with a boss who almost ticks your work like a school teacher Be Like oh, I'll do more of this and you know stop using semicolons and you know, fewer hyphens, that kind of stuff, whereas in freelancing life is kind of it's harder to to improve. But if you if you spend any time on, on on the Football 365 website, you sort of you are exposed to people that aren't necessarily shy to give an opinion on the standard of your work. Was that was that a useful thing or a hard thing?
1: Uh, it didn't feel very useful at the time, but as, in in retrospect, I suppose it is very useful. My my friends were always very amused that someone set up a um, an account on the the, the 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 below the line user comments. Um, Just the, the account name was simply Millers a clown. Um, I think there's still a petition he, out there, like, aimed at Dan's story. Is there? A- yeah,
0: it's got, it's got it's got it's got sort of it gets promoted all the time. It's got sort of 56 signatures on it.
1: Noted polemicist Dan story. What was what was the beef with Dan? What did they... It wasn't so much Dan, it was actually aimed at Sarah, which I'm protective of
0: Sarah. I've I, I got a great deal of time with Sarah Winterburn, but it's kind of like, uh, it's people that, that got annoyed because I don't really know just for the sake of being annoyed. They, they wanted to kind of remove her as editor in a way that you might kind of Deselect an MP. It's really bizarre. It's, it's, anyone listening, it's, it's it's really worth tracking that
1: down. Or well, it's like some kind of coup, like in Venezuela, at the moment. Yeah, and Do no, I, I don't know whether it's actually
0: fifty-six signatures or fifty-six versions of the same person just living this weird little anti-three-six-five fantasy out online. It's 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 horrible. Anyway, trolling. Go. Well,
1: Miller yeah. is a clown. Miller's, <laughs> Miller is a clown. I can't. Um, I, I, alas, I can't remember any of the specific. Uh, problems he had with me, but he wasn't a, wasn't a huge fan of my work, my you know my face or my family. I don't think. Uh, I never quite Or your family. <laughs> well, I, I never I never quite tracked down why he hated every fibre of my being. But I'm well, and also I'm assuming it was a he because these people usually are. Um, but it, in terms of the kind of um, sort of long lasting impact, the, the the harshness of the readership was you know it, it was a factor. But um, it, Sarah as well is um, she has a, a, a talent for being um, unapologetic, unapologetically blunt about things. So uh, if you know I wrote something that wasn't very good, I, I would hear about it. But she, it, done in a very affectionate way. So that's as I, I think I started at three six five when I was twenty three, and as okay. as someone who didn't really know how to write yet, but could. String us the odd sentence together. That was incredibly you know, valuable. How did you go from I think you were you were there five years? Three six five? Uh six years, six and a half years, I think six it was. Six and yeah. a half years.
0: So how did you go from kind of obviously now, like from being what was essentially a a three six five staff writer mm. to, you know, proper freelancer, you're working you your time share between all kinds of different
1: um publishers. How did you make that jump? Um well, again, to go back to Sarah and her bluntness, she she I, I left just before I turned thirty, which she uh, she will um, she said then and will say now was the an early midlife crisis that I...
0: I was going to ask if it feels like oh I I can't still be working here when I'm thirty was it was it one of those
1: <laughs> not quite that. I was very I will never I don't think I'll ever enjoy another uh, job as much as I enjoyed working in the three six five office, but I. I just wanted to do something different. I uh, wanted to move to London. Okay. Um, Leeds, the 365 office is in Leeds, which is a, you know, it's fine. But for I was there for seven years, and that was that was yeah. about enough. Um, yeah, I just I, I wanted to start going to games, which I, ha- I never really had the chance to do professionally anyway. For uh, when I was at 365, so that was kind of one of the aims. So I didn't really have a plan. In fact, I I did have a, I had a kind of sketched half plan that I, you know, wrote on the back of an envelope, and um, my career has absolutely no relation to that plan at all now. You
0: know what, I I mean, I I don't know what you'll say about this. I I mean, I, when I wanted work, I always had this sort of, like, first of all, I was very puffed up when I was younger. Like, when I started out, I I don't know, in, in a weird way, you have more confidence than then you do, as you become a little bit more established. And I remember thinking, well, if I write this well, someone somewhere is just going to come in, grab me, and say, "Here, have this column at the Times," because I not not really because of arrogance, just because I I wasn't a very I'm not a, I'm still not a very proactive person. I'm not sort of comfortable giving it the big I am in front of an editor. So was that a, I know you relatively well. You're kind of similar. I would have thought. Did you have to? Yeah, how did you go about getting work? Was it just or did you just knock on the doors until people got bored of you or gave you work, shut you up?
1: Uh, yeah, t- I, th- there was um, there's an element of that. Um, the the re- I was at, at one point of the kind of uh, naive assumption that there is a some kind of meritocracy, and yeah. this all of this isn't based on friends and you know who you know. I got. So I, I first got work for ESPN because I was friends with very good friends with someone who worked there. Uh, I got in at the Guardian because I knew <laughs> I knew the guy who did the rotors there, yeah. um, which helps, you know. But you know, obviously, you kind of get your foot in your door. You, you, you get your foot in your door at these places because you know people. But you, then, you get a chance. Yeah, you have
0: know, got to actually go and
1: take the chance. Once yeah, you're there. Y- you have to be you know, relatively competent to to stick around. And um, so, yeah, ESPN and The Guardian have been my, probably my two main employers for the whole time I've been freelance, which has been five, five and a half years now. The financial aspect of,
0: um, I mean, the last time I saw you was Craven Cottage, I think, a few weeks ago. Yes, uh, Fulham against Spurs, I think. Spurs, yes, And we just, we we had a a moan. Every time I see you, we kind of moan. We bring out the worst in each other, I think. Yeah. Um, do you find it like, in, because in the beginning, there's a point where you go freelance and you think, well, okay, I've got work from here, 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 here. But then in the background, you've got all these sort of financial
1: imperatives that you've got to meet. Do you find that difficult? Surprisingly not. No, I don't, I, I don't know whether this is um, complacency or blind arrogance, but I, <laughs> I, I because I loosely speaking know that I have a certain amount coming from this client and a certain amount coming from these people most months I know um that I can at least you know pay for pay rent and you know cat food and and um you know my you know shoe purchasing habit that kind of thing um uh all the you know, the, the the basics of life so in theory I suppose it should, it is a um, you should worry more about. I have, I have friends who have, you know, steady proper jobs who, mm-hmm. uh, who just would vomit at the prospect of not knowing exactly how much money they have every month. I think um, one of the most discouraging things. I remember the, the first the first
0: paying job I got was for twenty three pounds an article. Like, and I, I look back now and just think, God, I, that is just that that's that's worse than no work in a way it's kind mm. of quite damning about your abilities yeah i remember just being over the moon about it and just sort of i don't know it, it's kind of i it seems to me that you've you got to to sort of to, to be a, a viable freelancer you've got to spend time around friends who are all earning a lot more money than you and feeling quite impoverished as a result and just thinking i don't know it, it's just it but what i'm trying to get at though is, is that sort of within that you've also got to improve mm. so you've got all these kind of financial things going on you've got the kind of forget ability to write, you know, oh god, I don't have any ideas and you gotta you gotta have the idea before you can you can earn the money. And yet you sort of without really much guidance, you've got to become better at what you do. How did you do that? From like the twenty three year old Nick Miller who's who's under Sarah Winterman's wing to Guardian Nick Miller under with the, Sarah, shoe, with the shoe purchasing app. <laughs> <Yes.
1: laughs> under Sarah Winterburn's wing so under under the the, the cruel fist of uh, Sarah Winterburn <laughs> threatening to punch you in the face if you don't do do um sorry Sarah if you listen to this she won't listen to this she 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 doesn't care okay, okay. um so uh, getting better I mean three six five was um, a slightly different thing because I was uh, that was a kind of steady job and I had um space to just kind of write and be criticised and then work it out. By the time I went freelance, I'd kind of, I, I knew kind of how to do that. Um, what I suppose I had to improve on after that was kind of going out and doing a, a, a something that resembled proper journalism, you know, reporting on games and doing interviews and so on, um, which you can't really, you know, you don't really learn how to do that. You just do it. So we're going to get to, to
0: match creation and games, but with the interviewing, I find it hard. Yeah. Okay, because I my personality isn't really suited to it. And I know that. And I know everyone has to do it. And so one of the things you did for TIFO is you went to interview John Robertson. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it's a great job. It's a great article, if anyone hasn't read it. Um, it's kind of... You're an a Forest fan, to start with. Robertson's kind of, I suppose the deity within the club is, I, I would say is probably the best player in the, in the club's
1: history. Yeah, him and Stuart Pearce are the two. Right. The two. So at what point, like one of the
0: one difficulties I have in interviewing is when I when I interview someone I admire or someone who is relatively well-known, I'm struck by a kind of, oh, look where I am. So how 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 long did it take you to kind of, if you had it at all, to lose that sort of, uh, uh, I don't know how you would describe it without using the expletive, um, Oh, we can swear on this podcast, can't we, Jay? Of course, you can. Okay, how long did it take you to stop being a bit of a star fucker when you when you <laughs> met? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't think I did. Um, I, I, I mean, I kind of broadly kept it together. Okay. Um,
0: Do you have any horror stories
1: though about not keeping it together in interviews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really. No, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm a relatively um, placid person, so I don't. I don't think I. Uh, um, there's a huge amount of danger in doing that. It actually didn't help enormously that um, I was, I'd arranged this interview with him, what I didn't realise was that I'd arranged it at the same time or just before the, this is all rather sweet, the, the um, 79 uh, European Cup team or the ones that are still living around Nottingham meet up most Thursdays in a pub in, in Nottingham That's lovely. so uh, which I think has happened since um, since the I Believe the Miracles came out when they were kind of all it was. i think it served as a big kind of class reunion for them and they discovered that they were still old friends and they they, they still still got on uh and gary burtles was there as well and he as it turns out i was just it, sort of intruding on john robertson and gary burtles going for a pint um which didn't help the kind of whole starstruck that's amazing yeah, yeah. um i mean i would it, it was a good job that they weren't I think more of them came later on, but if you know John McGovern, Lago- yeah. John McGovern, and you know a year without it, yeah. God, if Larry Lloyd, well, Larry Lloyd lives abroad now. But if uh, if like Kenny Burns was there as well, I would kind of you know I don't, I would have struggled to keep it together a little bit uh, there. Do you
0: find? I mean, one of the things that's um, well, as a Nottingham Forest fan, you of course you, you presumably raise on things like um, you know provided you don't kiss me and and this sort of history which has been put together by people who had proper access mm. and one of the things I've always found difficult um, from my position, like modest place in the industry is, is getting access to people just because so much suspicion seems to exist towards journalists um, actually trying to um, convince someone that all you really want to do is talk about you know, 20 minutes of football with someone that has something interesting to say like are there things like that that you encounter you think god i i don't want to don't give me your your sort of your 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 ten approved questions which have you know no lifespan at all do you ever like you think i I'd love to go out and just talk to you for an hour or do you find that it's kind of an uh, an inhibiting part of the career is it sort of the the atmosphere around or well, the protection of current players certainly
1: players. yeah i mean it's kind of it's inhibiting but at the same time i sort of broadly understand why people are so. Protective of things, not just because they think journalists might screw them over, but they just have so. On a very prosaic level, people have so much demand on their time that they don't really want to. You know, you'd love to spend, you know, an afternoon with someone and really kind of get dig deep into their psyche, but you realise that they, of all the (laughs) things they had to do today, speaking to you is probably the least important. And being unpaid for speaking to you, and and being
0: getting no benefit from it whatsoever. Yeah,
1: exactly. so yeah, I mean, like it, it would be great if the um, if things were like they were in the old days with you know the the old like David Meek going dr- drinking oh, yeah. with um, yeah. the the United players and
0: Hotcraft with, with with George Best in the back of his car.
1: Yeah, all that all that sort of thing. And you know, or the 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 one that is a non football example, but the one that always springs to mind, which was I was reminded of recently when Hugh McIlvanney died, oh, yeah. was he. Uh, after the Rumble in the Jungle, he just rocked up at Muhammad Ali's house in the middle of nowhere and spent the afternoon with him and produced this kind of masterclass of journalism, which is obviously the sort of thing that just doesn't,
0: doesn't happen anymore. I reread um, when he died. I met him very briefly once, and he was a charming guy, but I, I sort of only really became uh, an avid reader of his work after then. When he died, I've I, I obviously got McInerney on football and McInerney on boxing. And you just, you, you think... Um, I think the most amazing thing about him was that if sort of he had these, he was in the middle of these amazing events, rumble and jungle. But I, one, one of my favorite pieces is probably um, when he's reporting from Cardiff after Jock Steen has died, mm. and it's just this, it's this kind of um, flow of consciousness pieces. It's, it's uh it's an amazing thing. Wait, do you have a favorite book, by the way? Favorite writer, favorite book? Let's do that. That's uh,
1: uh we, I mean, are you be talking specifically about football? No, not necessarily. No. Oh, okay. Uh, my favourite book is uh Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. Okay. Um which I, I don't know here were you for, for We should me have with... kept
0: it about football so that I would have <laughs> I regretted that immediately. <laughs> uh,
1: well Middlesex is about a um a am uh, not sure transsexual's not the not the quite the right word, but a um a Greek American family. Okay. And um there is Intersex, I think, is probably the right word about a a child, the the life of a a child who is born female and becomes male. Okay, throughout
0: the. um... Didn't think we'd go to this place when we were doing this podcast. No, it's 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 not on my list. This stuff, I, I.
1: It's uh. It. Uh, I have described. Obviously, I've described it very badly, and really, any description isn't possibly doesn't make it sounds um, like a, a page turner. But it's a it's a beautiful book. In terms of, let's uh, if we stick to football. Let's, let's do that. Let's let's to
0: stay in stay, stay my my comfort zone. I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a fairly a fairly obvious answer, but "Provided you don't kiss me" is, uh. um, and, and, and because it's a. It's a fantastic kind of heartfelt, first-hand piece of writing. But and then obviously because it's about Brian Clough. You know what the most flattering thing I can say about my mum liked it. Yeah, my mum is my mum
0: doesn't know anything about Brian Clough, doesn't like football, has well, no interest in the minutiae of a football club.
1: Or she she loved it. She, she read it in three days. It's not about football. That's why it's, exactly it's, it, just a, it's it's a character study and a character study by someone who who knew this guy and spent. You know, yeah. most days with him for however long it was, so you don't have to know anything about that about football to to enjoy it. You just have to be interested in a you know complicated man. Um, she, sorry,
0: after she finished reading it, like she she acquired certain new pieces of vocabulary every now and again she called me a shithouse in the middle of a conversation <laughs> <laughs> what had you done Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I don't know No, I think, I think she was just celebrating knowing the word I don't think I'd yeah. done anything she just you know just gave us so much joy um, you spoke earlier about um accreditation and when you're when you're an outsider I remember when I was just blogging like I, I was interested in I always wanted to be accredited and I always wanted to report from games but whenever I'd ask how that happened and you know where I had to go to do it I was always forwarded a link to Dataco and a list of requirements, and you just think, "I oh, forget that." Like yeah. it's just you know, forty years, a national
1: newspaper, and, and
0: all, all that stuff. Yeah, how did um how did you work that out?
1: But it, it is one of those kind of those uh, catch twenty two. You need experience to get it, but you can't get it without experience. Exactly. Kind of s- yeah. situations, but um, I kind of looked into it because uh, in my kind of the latter days of three six five, I got one because three six five at that point was owned by Sky. Yeah, so I was basically a Sky sports employee who got this day to go card and then once, you, once you're once kind of in the club then you you, you just get it renewed every you year grand, yeah. um, so when I stopped working for them I just it just I became a, I think it says on my card a, a multi-outlet employee or something nice. like that, or, or something like that, along those lines what was your first game <sighs> mm, I don't know because I kind of uh, it depends what you mean I suppose I, my, I think my 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 first game, I think, was an Arsenal game in midweek, and I can't remember who was playing or who they were playing or what the score was. So this is enormously unhelpful. That's, that's excellent. There uh, <laughs> should be like of, a rich
0: stream of anecdotes that I was hoping to mine from that. And so oh, well, make of, some co- up.
1: of course, I uh, the the game was Arsenal against Liverpool and it ended 7-4 ended four, seven, four. Seven, four yeah. or something. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't remember, to be honest. Um, I, I, I remember going to a few games because I just had a, a spare... Thursday, also, or or mm-hmm. Wednesday, or something like that, and just went along um, because I managed to finagle my way, way in.
0: How long did it take you to lose the? Um, I get this is kind of like a, um, a, you know, this is devolved from our star fucker question. I remember the first time I started covering games. I it took me a while to get um, to get out of like the, the Instagram mindset. Like, the first game I ever did, I, I I think I Instagrammed everything. I went in, I Instagrammed my lanyard, the credentials, the menu. Of the food. The food, of course, because everyone was doing that. The team sheet, I must have taken about six different photographs. It was at White Hart Lane. So, six different photographs of, you know, the pitch. Just random bits of the pitch. Yeah. And actually, a <clears throat> bit, of, bit of personal yeah. trivia. If you um, if you can find a copy of Match of the Day from, I think it was be the 2016 season, then as Tottenham and Palace are walking out, if you look to the right of your screen, you can see... A hand holding a white iPhone, <laughs> taking a picture of players coming, out, and that's that's actually my hand. That was me mm. embarrassing myself. And I went through like, I don't know. It, it, it just how long did it take you to settle down, to stop being because it's it's an aspiration. Yeah, you want to be there, and when you get there, you're immediately supposed to click into this kind of this work mode. Um, how long did it take you to to click into that?
1: Um, probably I was first started going regularly going to games. Uh, maybe 2 3 years ago and it probably took about a season for, yeah. for 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 the i don't want to say the novelty to wear off because that makes it sound like you know oh no, i still love it yeah i still love it but like the 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 oddness of going to a game and uh, not as a fan that that took about a year or so to wear off and you know you become familiar with people that you see with every game uh, 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 various games and, and then it becomes slightly more like you're going to an office, but it's kind of yeah. strange office in which, for some reason, you're given free food. Did you go through? A, I mean, this is
0: really for the sake of protecting my ego. Did you go through a period of embarrassing yourself by going to the wrong places? Please tell me yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. I lost you, 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 Arsenal in particular. You can get you have to go through that. You have to go through the little tunnel, and I, I went the wrong way, and I I think I went. Uh, you're supposed to go straight on and I turn left and ended up going into the players entrance and I don't know Got a, uh, it, actually it maybe Arsenal awesome. need to look at their security because I, I, I got some iffy looks from some security people but they just kind of watched me go through, maybe I thought I was kind of filling in as Gonosaurus that day or something, I, I'm not sure um, but yeah, got horribly lost I've got horribly lost at various stadiums around the world, in the uh, World Cup in the, in the summer these kind of vast uh, stadiums that have been built for uh, you know, for the World Cup, and we'll sit there unused for for the rest of the yeah. time. Are these Warrens that you know fear that you could you could lose yourself for days in there? So yeah, it still happens. Tell me about the World Cup because obviously you went out to Russia.
0: Who were you? Were you reporting for one outlet or more?
1: Uh, mainly for ESPN, but they were very very good and kind of uh, as long as I gave them. Priority, they were happy for me to work for other outlets as well.
0: So did you, um, presumably, you were responsible for booking your trip, accommodation, travel? Uh, yes. It, you, yes, and mostly, yeah. Okay, so explain yeah. how that works. Because obviously, my like, World Cup draw gets made usually December-ish. And then, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, every hotel in Russia hikes up its prices to make sure that, you know. Um, so when did you start organising that?
1: It's- Quite late, really. I think um, about February, March time. I think it was. Um, yeah, it was a logistical. Um, I don't want to say a nightmare because the various people did did help me out, and people who had actually been to Russia gave me advice about various things. But getting your head round internal flights and yeah. um, tr- trying to trying to put to the back of your mind the possible safety concerns about these airline, regional Russian airlines that you'd never heard of. Um, and, uh, you know, figuring out which airports were were near where and where to stay and all this, that kind of thing. Uh, doing all this in a country that is, I don't know if you've spotted this, big, big Russia. I've heard. I've big. Heard. I've heard. And it, it was only in, the World Cup was only in the sort of most... Uh, westerly heart of third of russia and it's still big. big really big um so that's something that i'd never kind of even close to done before but um did it
0: financially was it sort of was it a burden because obviously you you pay for all this stuff and then you're banking on the work coming in to 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 level you out or make a profit Is that difficult? I mean, is is that a difficult thing? Uh, You live with your partner, that's right, isn't it?
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah.
0: So is that kind of a difficult thing where you say, right, well, um, I'm going to spend £2,000 on this thing that's happening in six months' time. I don't know if I'm going to work in but
1: hopefully so. Is that, an, is that an easy sell at home? Well, I was kind of, uh, again, I, I, I've been working at uh, for ESPN for for a while now and they did help out with a, a decent portion of my okay, expenses. expenses there. So, okay. um, but I have a an incredibly understanding partner who is also a journalist. So she sort okay. of, she, well, she's not a sports journalist. She kind of broadly understands the, um, not just the kind of tedious lo- uh, logistics of, of it all, but she understands that sometimes you have to kind of gamble on financially gamble yeah. on on some things. So you have you have the experience, you can you know produce something. She she, she realizes that say say if I had travelled somewhere to a game and I was only guaranteed one match report fee, uh, she knows that being at that game will feed into other ideas other do. Yeah. I, it, it, it won't it won't necessarily be sort of something that you can directly attribute and say well i kind of paid this much to get there but then i got this much from this other yeah. article it will feed into ideas that might come you know two or three months down the line um so that is one of the very very many ways in which my partner is very understanding Honestly, about these things. I, I think
0: that's one of the most underrated things because if i i am um, my partner actually fiancé not just partner now I remember that bit yeah he got engaged last week Um, uh, if she wasn't if she didn't accept me going away for two three days at a time sometimes and uh, because there are plenty of people that wouldn't they say well hang on it's the weekend i've been working all you know she's also a freelancer so that helps but you know there are plenty of people that work 9 to 5 monday to friday and then you say on you know saturday morning right i'll be back monday mm. <laughs> you know it's it, if you don't have that it must be incredibly difficult like to to to, to have to remodel your career sort of and, and deal with the resentment you'd feel because what you want to be doing is what you've been chasing and all of a sudden you yeah it's a precious thing like um every now and again i'm a, a young person that you know um Without the opportunity to ask someone more influential, asks my advice, and I say you just got to have the most important thing is you have that person at home. If you have anybody at all, he just he just gets it. He just goes, "This is what you got to go and do," and you know that that's part of part of the
1: life. I can't. uh, There was absolutely no way I would be able to do do this job if um, if she didn't understand that weekends will very frequently be obliterated. Um, It's always. You, you always kind of wonder whether that's because uh, she, you know, quite she, likes you being away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, she just likes the house to herself sometimes. You know, uh, yeah, whether she it's because she truly loves me and understands my dreams, or she's just not asked. I'm not sure. Yeah. Hopefully, the, the 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 first one. But,
0: um, I get pictures, but from from back home when I'm when I'm when I'm away, and it just. It seems like quite a good time. There's, there's like TV and this delivery coming into the flat. It just it seems like a, you know, extra space in the bed. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't seem like such a raw deal to me. Um, one, of the, one of the challenging things, I think, is that um, previously, I imagine in previous generations, people would be able to, to plot their career path because the industry had a little bit more structure and a little bit more, more certainty over its future. What do you... I was asked this the other day. Someone asked me, you know, what's the plan long term? And it just stumped me. I was like, well, I, it was it was Joe actually. We, I I was in this office about a week ago, and we were talking about this. And he was like, "Oh, so what's the plan?" I was just like, I keep "Earning money." I, I I don't know. What 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 are you aiming towards long term?
1: I don't know. I I always used to say this was when I was working at Three Six Five, and people would say, "Well, what's the plan?" And I kind of I was kind of slightly stumped because my plan was to write about football for a living, yeah. and I was doing that when I was twenty three. So who knows? I mean. I've never, the the I've never had any particular desire to be an editor or anything no. like that. I, I uh, and particularly when you're a freelancer, the career path there is very uncertain. So to be to be absolutely honest, I don't know. And I'm kind of maybe it's my personality type, but I'm I'm sort of fine with that for now. You know, write books at some point possibly. Yeah, um, just kind of. Keep earning enough living to uh, to you know pay for the cat food and the shoes and
0: you know. We should dig into this shoes thing. Maybe we can do a follow up pod on that. It's just like you know when someone someone shows you a personality trait that you just didn't consider. <laughs> Was there?
1: It's not like I'm kind of uh, you know I, I'm I'm wearing. Is
0: it trait rather than fetish?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's not. There's no kind of. Uh, there's nothing. It's all above board. Uh, I, I said that the shoe thing was just because I have in mind that I need to buy a pair of shoes today okay, um, okay. Uh, you, you looked at my shoe collection I don't want to get bogged down in I the shoes I haven't looked at your shoe collection my shoe like. collection is um, almost exclusively Converse and New Balance trainers okay. so okay. Um, but you know those those things cost money so you gotta <laughs> you got to keep churning out the content
0: Okay, I reckon we should stop that now. <laughs> Nick, I, you, you've got an interview to do this afternoon, so so thank you so much for coming in. It's been uh, it's been great. No problem. Thank you very much.